0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. I speak to you in the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of life. Amen. Please be seated. Is there a way to tip this a little bit? You have to do the short person's version of this. Ah, thank you. I think it just pulls up. Ah, Mm. brilliant. Thank you. Yes. Ah, um, lovely to see you all. Um, Preaching on this uh, parable, it's kind of like Christmas and Easter. Everybody knows the story and... It's even been kind of uh, taken into secular world and people use that expression, the Good Samaritan. So uh, we just heard it beautifully read by Rob and this uh, much loved parable about the man who goes from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's about an 18 mile walk on a lonely road and he's attacked by robbers who would frequently be awaiting this chance to find somebody alone and they strip him, and they beat him, and they leave him for dead. And a priest and a Levite pass by without helping him, but the Samaritan stopped some cares for him, taking him to an inn, and then also paying for his ongoing care. The Samaritan in the story was not simply an outcast. They were the despised enemies of the Jews. Jesus' listeners would have been shocked to hear that it was a Samaritan who was the one who helped. And that's to Tim's point from last week about how God does things backside first and grabs our attention. So that wasn't wasted on the listeners of the day. So if I was to get out my phone and Google Good Samaritan, if my network was working, um, fortunately I'm not with that one, so it would, but, This is the type of thing that I found when I did this yesterday. Uh, The phrase Good Samaritan means someone who helps a stranger, Google says. The top stories are from two days ago, well now three days ago, Good Samaritan recognized for saving a man from a burning car in Mississauga. A couple of weeks ago, Pope to families, I want the church to be a Good Samaritan for you. Uh, three weeks ago, a good Samaritan rescues fishermen off Oregon coast as flames engulf the boat. So we'll often use that expression, won't we, being a good Samaritan. So when I was at a barbecue this week with some friends. I said, well, what do you think of when I say, you know, the story of the good Samaritan? And they replied, well, that parable is really relevant right now with all the stories of people helping people throughout the pandemic and kindnesses and generosities and, you know, people being good to strangers. So um, they were quite enthused about it. And what do we say about this wonderful parable? Um, well, there's enough in it for a 10-week Bible study. So I'll be a little bit more discerning in my focus today. We know, for example, that the lawyer wasn't really being serious when he asked his questions that he already knew the answer to. And it says right there in the scripture he was testing Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life, he asks. He was himself an expert in interpreting the law. That's why he was the lawyer. So he knew the answer. He set in a trap for Jesus to fall into. However, Jesus tricks him back and answers his question with a question. And Jesus says, well, what do you read there? The lawyer answers correctly with the most important prayer in the Jewish, uh, for Jewish people, the Shema. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So he knew the answer to the question he'd asked. So the the lawyer had two misguided questions. What must I do and who is my neighbor? Like I said, he knew the answers, but who is my neighbor was a much debated question among Jews at that time. Really, they wanted to know like, how far do I have to go with this inclusion thing? Like really, does this person count? Or can I get away with not bothering? And uh, what he was really saying then is, how much or how little must I do to inherit eternal life? Who is not my neighbor? Um, Who does not deserve my love? Whose lack of food and shelter can I ignore and still get away with it? That was really what he was trying to trick Jesus into saying. And Jesus' answer is, no one. Everyone deserves your love. Everyone deserves the response that the Samaritan gave. So this parable is speaking of compassion. The lawyer reads mercy. He does recognize that the Samaritan was the one in the story who acted properly. So when Jesus says, which of these three? Was it the priest? Was it the Levite? Was it the Samaritan? can't quite get the word Samaritan out, it kind of sticks in his throat, so he just says the one who showed mercy. So he does recognize it was the Samaritan who had acted properly. And throughout Luke's gospel, mercy is an attribute of the divine. For the lawyer and Luke's readers, a Samaritan does what God would do. The divine is manifest through his actions. And as Tim said last week, God is a missionary God. In the Diocese of Niagara, we're about being missional. It's the church's reason d'etre. We're called to life, compelled to love. That's our mission. And just to remind you what uh, Tim said, and in case you weren't here, it's God's mission, not ours, and we're in it together. Those are really valuable things. He also added that it's often back to front, just like with a Samaritan being the one. Why wasn't it the priest who came to the rescue? Why wasn't it the Levite who came to the rescue? But no, the most unlikely one was the Samaritan, the despised enemy, came to the rescue. Uh, Amy Jill Levine, in a book called Short Stories by Jesus, says, This parable offers a vision of life rather than death. It insists that enemies can prove to be neighbors, that compassion has no boundaries, and that judging people on the basis of their ethnicity will leave us all dying in a ditch. The church's mission is love in action. God sends. So now my stepson um, was texting, and he said, what are you doing, Lynn? I said, I'm working on my sermon. Oh. Talk about your garden, he said. I'm like, I don't think that'll work because it's the Good Samaritan story. (laughs) I don't think there's any plants around on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. I've driven on that road, it's pretty barren. And then he sent me a song to listen to by Hank Williams called From Jerusalem to Jericho. I'm not a big country and Western fan, but I did listen. And it's, it's on this parable. And the lyrics of the last verse from Jerusalem to Jericho were traveling every day. And many are the fallen ones that lie along the way. They seem despised, rejected, but no no matter what they've been, when everyone casts them out, then Jesus takes them in. And Jesus says to the Samaritan, go and do likewise. So I can't let Hank Snow have the last word. So um, what came to mind for me was, also in the reading we had today from uh, Colossians, that uh, in Paul's letters to the people of Colossae, he saying, as soon as we heard, we have never ceased to stop praying for you. And I thought, you know when people share their concerns with me, I might say, oh my goodness, I'll certainly keep you in my prayers. And then I do nothing, but i said I'll keep them in my prayers, right? And that even though prayer is valuable, and it is a comforting thing, especially when people know if you're a churchgoer and you say, "I'll keep you in my prayers," it does actually mean something. And we do that. But um, the Samaritan didn't shout from across the road, "I'll keep you in my prayers." The priest, we know from studies that the priest in Levite, you know, they thought he'd be they'd be made unclean and all of this. But the Samaritan didn't shout that, did he? The Samaritan felt compassion, went and practically put medicine, oil on the wounds, and then put him on on his own donkey and took him to the inn and then gave money and went, 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 went the extra mile. So I wanna read with you these beautiful prayers. I often used to use them um, when I was serving a parish as our prayers for the people. And they're written by Rabbi Jack Reimer So he says, we cannot merely pray to you, O God, to end war, for we know you made the world in a way that we must find our own path to peace within ourselves and with our neighbor. We cannot merely pray to you, O God, to root out prejudice, for you have already given us eyes with which to see the good in all people, if we would only use them rightly. We cannot merely pray to you, O God, to end starvation, for you have already given us the resources with which to feed the entire world, if we would only use them wisely. We cannot merely pray to you, O God, to end despair, for you have already given us the power to clear away slums and to give hope if we would only use our power justly. We cannot merely pray to you, O God, to end disease, for you have already given us great minds with which to search out cures and healing if we would only use them constructively. Therefore, we pray to you instead, O God, for strength, determination, and willpower, to do instead of just to pray, to become instead of merely to wish. Go and do likewise. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.